Welcome to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet America. Right now, they're running a promotion where they're offering new players a risk-free bet up to $1,000. All you've got to do is register for a Bet America account and opt into the promotion. From there, place a bet, and if the first settled bet loses, Bet America will reward players' bonus funds in the amount of a losing bet up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. See the website for details. And joining me on today's show to drop some knowledge about NFL Championship Weekend is Connor Allen. But first, it was a great weekend of NFL Divisional Round Playoff action, and I wanted to share some thoughts and lessons learned, plus some nuggets of observation. This round was wacky and very much like a roller coaster. There was also a lot of mirror imaging going on between some of the games. So let's start with a recap. The favorites went three and one against the spread. The only loss was the heavily favored Ravens. The over-under split two and two against the spread, or two and two, with both Saturday games going under and both Sunday games going over. Road teams went two and two against the spread. As for the six-point teasers, two of the favorites covered the 49ers and Chiefs, and two of them didn't, the Ravens and Packers. The two underdogs that did cover were the Titans and Seahawks, and then two of them didn't, the Vikings and Texans. For the Vikings and Texans, they both had the ball on the 50-yard line with two minutes to go with an opportunity to score and cover the teaser and neither of them point any points on the board. Moneyline parlays got blown up as the Ravens ended up losing as nine-and-a-half-point home favorites. While this may look like a shocking result to some, it shouldn't be a surprise to you, and here's why. All year, we did the Big Mick Moneyline parlay. I see they got the Big Mac. I got the Big Mick. And what was the narrative that continued to get repeated? College football has way less variability than the NFL. The NFL was a complete roller coaster on the games with the highest point spreads. And look what happened. The Ravens lost. And that actually crushed my Ravens, Chiefs, 49ers, Moneyline parlay, which looked like the easiest bet in the world. And I know I'm not alone in having that one. Hey, where did you get those clothes? At the toilet store? I was also very active on the live betting markets, as I know many of you in the Sharp 600 community were as well, as I heard from you on Twitter. So here's some things that stood out. I had the Ravens money line versus the Titans in that money line parlay. When they were down 7 nothing, the line moved to the Ravens minus 4.5. I jumped on it and gladly took the discount. Then... The Titans scored again to make it 14 to nothing. Then the Ravens went to plus 119 on the money line, and I hit them again. My logic was it was early in the game, and the Ravens have an explosive offense. When the Ravens made it 14 to 6 for a few moments, the Titans moved to plus money on the money line at plus 101. While I could have easily taken this to lock in a profit on the bet, I decided to roll the dice as I believed the Ravens would come back and play better. Guess what? They didn't, and I lost. No more. No, 
Not tonight. Fast forward to the Chiefs versus Titans game, and literally the exact same scenario unfolded. The underdog Texans went up 7-0, and then 14-0 in the blink of an eye. The Chiefs did nothing with their next possession, and the Texans got the ball back. That's when the Chiefs' money line went to plus 100, and I jumped on it. Literally 12 seconds later, and the Titans punt the ball, only for the Chiefs to muff it, and then the score became 21-0. Then it became 24-0. Holy smokes, Batman, we are in some trouble. Our pets' heads are falling off! At this point, you could have gotten the Chiefs at plus 350. Remember, we are still in the second quarter of this game. Throughout all of this, I knew that there was still a chance with the Chiefs' money line bet for several reasons. One, the Chiefs have an explosive offense. Two, there was still a ton of game to be played. Three, all year, what did we say about the Texans? They are unpredictable and cannot be trusted. And number four, the Texans have a history of playoff disappointment. And lo and behold, the Chiefs ripped off 28 unanswered to take a 28-24 lead. It is at this point that the Texans moved to plus 178 on the live betting money line. And I jumped on this, and I did it for several reasons. Number one, to lock in a profit. Number two, this game was completely unpredictable. And number three, it would be a great example for purposes on this podcast, which I'm using right now. The Chiefs ended up scoring 2,000 unanswered points to win the game and cover with ease. Great cash, homie. The reason I wanted to share all of this is because we had two exact same scenarios with two completely different outcomes. That is why they call this gambling. Also, both games had an opportunity to be on the plus side of the money line if you wanted it. This is something that I continue to remind you to look out for. Also, my thought process on being on both sides of the money line depends on what your goals are. If you're a gambler looking to win big money, then hedging to lock a profit probably isn't your strategy. However, if you're in for long-term mindset or you're an action junkie and you're cool with just getting a win, regardless of size, then be on the lookout for plus money on both sides. Pay that man his money. And lastly, I'm going to give you one other live betting scenario that was like shooting fish in a barrel. I had no lean on the Seahawks versus Packers because I didn't trust either team. Right before the half, the Packers went up 21-3. to This was the perfect time to strike on the Seahawks as they were getting the ball with a minute to go in the half, and they were getting the ball to start the second half. And this is a very important thing to remember. When the opening coin toss happens, remember who is getting the ball in the second half. Because what happened? The live betting line moved up to the Seahawks plus 14 and a half, and I jumped on it. Why? Because this bet was on principle. Russell Wilson makes games close. The Seahawks were one of the best teams in the league in one-score games. Of course they were going to make a game out of it. And they did. Cash money, baby. And I'd love to hear from you. If you're going to be live betting this weekend, make sure to hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Cressy, and let me know about it. All right, you guys, let's listen up. Before we get to the games, from our friends at Covers Experts, 
Here's an exclusive offer for the Sharp 600 listeners only. Get 25% off any Covers Experts product when you use promo code SHARP25. Take advantage of this limited time offer. Save a little money and follow the pros all the way to the bank. Again, that's SHARP25 for 25% off any product. News team, assemble! And joining me to talk about NFL championship round playoff action and to help you be a more informed better is Con- Connor Allen, contributor to the Quant Edge in Roto World. You can follow him on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Connor, great to have you on the show. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to break down the next round of football. And I mean, last weekend was a blast. I can't get enough of it. Sadly, we only have a few games left. Yes, this week I'm hoping for a little bit more consistency if there is even such a thing in the world of sports betting. So let's start with the AFC. We got the Chiefs seven or seven and a half point favorites, depending on where you are, taking on the Titans over under in this game, 52 and a half. And the Chiefs are straight blazing right now, covered seven in a row. The last game they did not cover, a three-point loss on the road to these exact same Titans, 35-32. Looking at the Titans, they've covered 3-0 and the last two as underdogs. And there's various things that stand out to me about this game, and so much of this game is uncomfortable. Because, one, you've got Patrick Mahomes in an offense that just scored 51 points. So everyone's like, holy smokes, here's the greatest show on turf. On the flip side, how in the world do you stop Derrick Henry, who is having arguably the greatest running back performance in playoff history here? And you look at the formula for the Titans. They ran the ball, they won the turnover battle, and they stopped the Ravens on fourth downs. On the Chiefs' side of things, They need to not make mistakes because we see what they can do when they're at peak performance. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there with uh, Derrick Henry. It's really going to come down to whether or not the Chiefs can stop him because if the Titans can keep it close and be able to run Derrick Henry, I think that they're very much live. But personally, I don't think that that's going to happen. So I think that the Chiefs are going to get out to an early lead by passing the ball against the Titans' pass defense, which obviously looks very good against Jackson. But – I still think that they're a bit overrated. I mean, they forced the Ravens into a one-dimensional game plan, and I think that they were able to get – just kind of get the best of him there. And we know that he's not a guy who should be dropping back, whatever, 60-plus times in a game, uh, whereas Patrick Mahomes can and can execute that very well. So I do think that the Chiefs are going to be able to have plenty of success on the Titans' pass defense, which is 23rd in passing success rate allowed. And pretty much any time they faced a good opponent in the top 10, uh, I mean, they've allowed over eight yards per attempt and have not been all that good. So – I do think that the Chiefs have plenty of success here. I took a pretty big position on them at minus seven, and which has since moved to seven and a half. Um, I still lean towards them at seven and a half, but I think that's about right on the market here. I don't have too much of a lean on the total right now. Uh, it because it's so tough, really. Like we talked about here, if the Titans are able to, um, you know, execute their game plan, this game is going to go way, way under, like way under. But I don't think that's going to happen. So I'd probably lean towards the over with. The Titans blank catch up and Tannehill forced to throw more than, you know, his 20 to 22 attempts we've seen the last few weeks. All right. So there's a few things we're going to break down here. So let's look at the pass defense for the Titans. The Titans allowed the ninth most pass yards per game in the NFL, 255 per game. And if we're looking at DVOA, 21st in pass defense. On the flip side, though, 
The Chiefs gave up the seventh most rush yards allowed this season at over 128 per game. And even worse, they have the fourth worst rushing defense, according to DVOA in the NFL, which is certainly a formula for success for the Titans. Then on the next part here, quarterbacks. And we said this in the opening round against Tom Brady and then against against Lamar Jackson is you're back in a quarterback. You have Ryan Tannehill versus Patrick Mahomes. And seeing the performance that the Chiefs had, a lot of people don't want to look stupid. And you can see a scenario where the Titans don't cover and you feel dumb because you're like, oh, my God, how could I back Ryan Tannehill on the road in his first ever championship game taking on Patrick Mahomes and the Titans? However, there is the formula of how in the world do you stop Derrick Henry? And then one thing about the under. So the last game just scored 82 points for the Chiefs. So naturally, everyone's like, there is no way I'm backing the under on this. And one principle that we've talked about so often on this podcast is zigging when everybody else zags. So for example, when a team wins via blowout, I love to fade them the following week. So right now, there is likely a small amount of inflation or value knowing that everyone remembers that the Chiefs just put up 51 points. But here's the fact of the matter. The same stats for why I took the under in that game still apply for this one. Yes, I was on the under in that one because the Chiefs do score less at home and under Andy Reid as the coach of the Chiefs, the under is 36-23-1. So – with the Titans game plan to run the ball against the Chiefs defense that can't stop running the ball or that can't stop the ball, you can see the formula for the under, albeit extremely uncomfortable. Oh, totally. Yeah, and I, it's a really tough game, and this is going to be honestly almost a game that's going to be decided by this first quarter, almost first half here, because like we said, I could totally see the, the Titans having success on the ground. As you mentioned, a bunch of uh, different metrics on this Kansas City run defense, which is not good. But at the same time, this Kansas City pass defense has actually been pretty solid and does rank eighth in passing success rate allowed. So the formula on the flip side, if they are able to get a lead, um, it's going to be a tough uphill battle for Tannehill to pass against this, this pass defense here. So, I mean, it could be a blowout in Kansas City's favor, which I think it will, but I, there's definitely a way for the Titans to win here, and it's very viable. So I will be live betting for exactly what you just said is we need to see something to figure out what in the world is going on. I will throw out one interesting betting strategy that is worth noting, taking the Titans money line, but the Chiefs with the points, because you can say, all right, this game can either be a Chiefs blowout or the Titans could win. I'm not sure if there's the middle ground there. It's a way of sort of saying a little of both sides, depending on it, even though I would rather just look and see when the game starts. Totally. I, I like that strategy a lot, actually, because I do, I do agree. And I think that I like that a little more at seven. Seven and a half is tough there because I could see it winding up just be, end up being a seven-point game. But I really do think that the range of outcomes are so wide that it'll probably end up as one extreme or the other. All right, let's move over to the NFC. 49ers laying seven or seven and a half at home, taking on the Packers over under on this game, 45. And the team that I was most impressed by this past weekend was undoubtedly the 49ers, but more specifically, their pass rush, which just wreaked absolute havoc on the Minnesota Vikings. And I see a similar thing that could happen here because 
it's so disruptive to the game. Kirk Cousins just didn't have any time. And even when I was looking, all right, can Kirk Cousins get that backdoor teaser cover? I'm like, let's do this. He had zero time. They were just swarming him. So this is a game that's a repeat. 49ers smoked the Packers back in November, 37 to eight in San Francisco. Uh, I haven't really been in love with the Packers at all this year. They're a team that despite their record and despite their good against the spread record as well, just it didn't all seem there this year for them. And some nuggets to look at right here. 49ers pass defense, giving up the fewest pass yards in the NFL this season. And on the flip side, the 49ers offense scored the second most points in the NFL this season. What are your thoughts? I think that it is what, what you said here with Green Bay is really important. So we give a lot of grief to Tennessee for not being a great team. Green Bay, according to DVOA, is worse. So in terms of total defensive or total efficiency as a team, they're 10th in overall DVA, whereas Tennessee's ninth. And then we're looking at Kansas City second and San Francisco fifth. And I think that there's a very clear path to San Francisco winning in this game. And I think that we're going to be able to see it here. So this Green Bay defense is dead last in rushing success rate allowed. They are awful against the run. And we just saw last week, the 49ers are going to run the ball as much as they can, as long as they're doing it successfully. And I think that's going to be their game plan in this one. They had one of the highest um, neutral game script run rates in the league. So it wasn't just the fluke that they were running well last week. That's what they like to do. Um, who it's going to be, I'm not really sure. I think a mix of Mostert and Coleman, That's I'll be looking at those player props for sure. I was on both of them last week. And I think that the, ultimately the one that explodes will be the one who has the hot hand early on. We've seen it time and time again. But I still think there's going to be some value on their props there for sure. Yeah, 49ers, second most rush yards per game in the NFL this season. And I like the 49ers defense significantly better. And I like the 49ers offense better. I believe the 49ers are the better team. And I actually, right before the podcast, just laid down 49ers minus seven. I had to pay the extra juice at minus 118, which I wasn't exactly thrilled about. But I'd rather have that than the minus seven and a half. Oh, yeah. No, I like that, too. I'm on the same side here. And I know it feels so chalky to be on the both of the favorites, especially after a week where we saw, you know, the Ravens lose outright as a nine and a half point, 10 point favorite and the Chiefs go down 24-0 as a 10 point favorite. I mean, they clawed their way back and covered, but still like there was you definitely did not feel good about that. So, I mean, I still think that both of these teams are significantly better than their opponents, as I mentioned by the DVOA and just a lot of other factors here. So, yeah, I'm on San Francisco at seven as well. So we like to talk about six-point teasers, and there's a very obvious one laying right out here. Chiefs minus one and a half and 49ers minus one and a half because we're teasing through seven and three, which is great for the teasers. Right now, I haven't laid that action down, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. I don't think I want to be on the, the Packers side of this. I mean, I think the other side would be, oh, we'll just add the points because obviously it's attractive getting Packers plus 13 or 13 and a half, Titans plus 13 and 13 and a half. But heading into last week, I was like, huh, I wonder how an all underdog teaser and how an all favorites teaser would work. And guess what? Neither one of them, neither one of them would have won. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the, this is a good point here. Like the, the favorites here are so easy to tease. And we actually saw like, I mean, this season, the Packers just get demolished by the 49ers. And so I mean, I'm definitely not comfortable taking whatever 13 points on that six-point teaser with the Packers. 
uh, because I do think the 49ers are just going to be able to absolutely dominate this Packers team, which has been, I mean, it's just been running very pure. They lucked into the second seed and, you know, they got a, a Seahawks team, which is also super overrated. It was literally just being carried by Russell Wilson. Now they're in this spot against the 49ers here. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not taking them. I think that the move here is to tease both the favorites down. And again, feels chalky. It feels wrong to be doing that. And it feels like such a fish play, but I think it's the right one. I really do. All right, so let's recap our picks. And for me, I've got just one. I'm laying 49ers minus seven with the extra juice, minus 118. Connor, what about you? What's your recap? Yeah, I got the, I got the Chiefs there at minus seven yesterday um, at, e, at minus 110. And then I will, I'll be on the 49ers again here at uh, minus seven as well. And then I, I do like that teaser there um, between both of the favorites to get them under that key number of three and closer to even. And then I'll definitely be hitting Mostert uh, and Coleman player props again as well. Uh, I'll have more as the week goes on, but just from uh, some of my early thoughts and early bets, that's probably where I'm at. Connor, I enjoyed jamming with you about this. Where can everybody connect with you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Uh, and then I'll have a, I have a player prop column, which comes out every week for the Quan Edge, uh, as well as some other stuff at, over at Roto World. And I want to hear from you. What action are you laying down this weekend? Do you have a six-point teaser going? You can hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Cressy, and make sure to use hashtag Sharp600 and be part of our community, and also make sure to tag at covers. And one thing that I love so much about this community is you guys keep showing us love. It helps us so much when you subscribe, rate, and review because others can find this podcast and we can grow our community. And I say, when you give us a review and rating and show us love, we will show you love. So i got to give love to two people this week, starting with a five-star review from Steve Doe, 31, says, amazing show with awesome guests. Connor, that would be you, an amazing guest. So Rob Cressy is very knowledgeable and brings great insight into sports gambling. I've learned a lot since he's taken over. Make sure to, hit, to follow him on Twitter. He's made me a more informed sports gambler. Steve Doe, 31, I appreciate that so much, my friend. And then the next one from Money Man Dan gave us four stars. It said, good insight, intelligent insight, and really good ideas on bankroll management. Very good for people getting into betting. Money Man Dan, I appreciate you so much, my friend. Uh, your input and feedback really means the world to me. Also, make sure to check into Bet America for the $1,000 risk-free bet. And remember, if you wanna be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll, be disciplined with your money management.